2: Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio.
1: Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football advice, speculation, and whatever stupid stuff they decide to drop into the show. Now, here's your host, Paul Charchian.
2: Hey, everybody. Back to Fantasy Football Weekly. I'm Paul Charchian. Thank you for tuning in. My co-host today, Brian Johnson, which means we've had three different co-hosts in three different weeks.
3: It's good to know those other guys are still uh, on the show. Yeah, I know. I haven't seen them in a while. I know.
2: It's good to have them back. Uh, Scott Fish is on a tropical vacation right now. I think Matt's on vacation, too. Glad to have you here. We continue to look at each NFL roster. We did this before free agency where we went basically through every NFL roster, and talked about the fantasy relevant guys, reflections on last year, the one thing you really need to know about each person going forward, and um, and now we've got a lot of new data points. Yeah, now we you know we unlike then before free agency, now we, we have a
3: pretty good sense of the returning veterans on all these teams. The crazy offseason moves have pretty much died down at this point. It feels yeah. like, but it has been. Uh, Did
2: not expect a head coaching change. No. We'll, in we'll, late we'll, March. T-
3: we'll touch on that, uh, on yeah, that show.
2: because we are breaking down the NFC South today. That's going to be the Saints, the Panthers, the Falcons, the Bucks, And um, this is honestly not the most exciting division of all time from there's a fantasy a- standpoint. And but there's some especially your teams. You got the good teams. I got the bad teams. Uh, but let me mention this as well before we dive into. And I think we're going to start with Atlanta mm-hmm. before we dive into Atlanta and what is sure to be. About 77 minutes of just breaking down the tight end position. <laughs> um, the first off-season episode of the Chop Podcast, probably available for you right now. It's almost chopping time. Yeah, no, chopping season is coming along as well. The guillotine league is, uh, the guillotine blade is getting sharpened.
3: Yeah, maybe just a fresh one put on. A whole new one.
2: Why and not? Uh, yeah. get it? Get a 2022 blade for the guillotine league. Got to do a lot of shopping, so that thing gets dull over time.
3: Yeah, once the uh, actual NFL draft happens, it's pretty much time to start drafting some guillotine league teams shortly thereafter. That is going to be a lot of fun. Um,
2: You'll get to hear some of the the winning tips from uh, somebody who won at the highest level of the guillotine leagues. We now turn to the Atlanta Falcons. You look
3: Atlanta Falcons.
2: Yeah, this is a very different team from the one that we had at this time last year, which was a Matt Ryan to Calvin Ridley led team. And, Mm -hmm. And nobody was even talking about Cordell Patterson at the time. You know, now all of your key components really have changed except. For one player. Yeah, we won't start with that
3: really? player.
1: Oh, man, oh, he got-
2: set you up so
1: beautifully. Ah, I
3: know. but He's your guy. I got my notes in different order, so I'm being a little lazy. About- oh, I thought we'd have to start at quarterback. Kyle Pitts, come on, man. All right, we'll start with Kyle Pitts. Why not? One of three tight ends who topped 1,000 yards last season. Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, the other two. Pitts, Pitts averaged more than 15 yards per reception, which is very impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelsey and Andrews were both under 13 yards per catch. Still very good, but that's a significant delta considering Pitts had 24 less catches than Kelsey, 39 less than Andrews. So if he gets up closer to that, Ninety, hundred catch mark where Kelsey and Andrews are at. We're talking yeah. serious numbers for Pitts. Well, we're already we are already talking about serious well, yeah, yardage
2: for, for Pitts, uh, and the thousand yard season for rookie tight ends. That is really a remarkable milestone achievement. It was powered by Calvin Ridley not being on the team, and them looking for anybody who can catch a pass.
3: Yeah, you could argue it. It might have hurt him more though to not have Ridley on the field to take some uh, attention off, off of, yeah, of Pitts, yeah. who had. 33 contested catches last year, the first among all tight ends. So he needs some help, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. And uh, he'll have a new quarterback um, throwing the ball. That's Marcus Mariota, who had success with Delaney Walker, if you recall. Uh, Or Delaney Walker had success with Marcus Mariota uh, in 2015 and 2016. So uh, Pitts should surpass his one touchdown (laughs) Perception <laughs> from last year. That was well, that was the one major downfall. He'll hit, uh,
2: he may hit that in week one. We don't know the schedule yet, but nobody would be surprised. So just drilling down on Pitts for a minute. I've seen some people taking a stance to have him as tight end one. And when you do that, you're basically saying, I'm expecting that age finally catches up to Travis Kelsey. And I think Mark Andrews can't find the end zone as consistently as he did. And you'd have to have a, you know, a number of things that have to break his way.
3: Yeah, Andrews, a lot of competition with if Marquise Brown is healthy, Rashad Bateman mm-hmm. coming on, J.K. Dobbins, we're expecting him to be healthy. So, yeah, you can make the case for Kyle hits to be tight at one. He's he's not getting drafted there just yet. He's still going after Kelsey and Andrews. Mm-hmm. But uh, I wouldn't argue uh, if you took him before, but you'd, you'd be kind of reaching for him if you – drafted him before Kelsey and Andrews. But uh, let's talk about his new quarterback, Marcus Mariota. Last time uh, he was a starter was in 2018 with the Titans. Uh, his peak year was in 2016, uh, his second year in the uh, season in the league. Threw for 26 touchdowns that year. He regressed heavily after that. The Titans essentially gave up on him. Uh, Mariota was serving as the Raiders backup for the last three years so, I think he deserves another shot as a starter, though, don't you? I yeah, think I this do. is an in, interesting fit. And he didn't have and- the best weapons as a Titan. We talked Delaney Walker, then his best wide receivers were Rashard Matthews. Remember oh, him? Yeah. Or Richard Matthews. Yeah. Doriel Green Beckham. Wow. Was his so those top some, wide yeah. receiver. with some washouts. So, uh, I'm excited to see what Mariota does in this offense. Uh, he's still a threat on the ground, of course, but. Speaking of the wide receivers uh, in Atlanta, they're not much better than they were <laughs> no. back in Tennessee and really there's only one worth talking about at this at this time and that's Auden Tate. Ugh. The newly signed Auden Tate who yeah. uh coming over from the Bengals.
2: I know there's a lot of people that just have been in love with his athleticism and his testing profile and everything
3: else, but dude's never shown on the field. He really when he's gotten chances, he has shown flashes. He does have great size, 6'5", 230, but he's always been buried on Cincinnati's depth chart. Whether it was behind A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, and then, of course, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins came along. He just never really had a chance to play a ton. Uh, he was injured as well, but right now, I, he's the wide receiver one over Olamide Zaccheaus and yes. Kaderil Hodge, I would think. Um, I would also think that Atlanta will They'll spend some draft, draft capital on no a doubt. wide receiver or two, but as of right now, Auden Tate is a wide receiver, one, and a guy I'll target. And, uh you know, I'm the best ball junkie. I've been drafting already, and I've started to target in the later rounds of drafts because why not? He's, he's sure. the top wide receiver at the moment, um, who is not a wide receiver, once was Cordero Patterson. Mm-hmm. We're going to call him RB1 for the Falcons, arguably fantasy football's MVP for the first half of the season last yeah. year. Uh, and, you could argue then, Derrick Henry was well, as well. Well, Derrick but, Henry was. But Patterson was virtually free, so if you're going to bake in yeah, ADP, ADP or yes. just grabbing him for free off the waiver wire, uh, definitely an MVP. He fell off towards uh, in the second half of the season, but um, badly. We should mention, yeah, it, you he, know,
2: by December he was not startable and not even rosterable.
3: Uh, and it should be interesting now, though, with uh, with Patterson in the backfield with Mariota, who's basically like the polar opposite of the quarterback Matt Ryan is that's kind yeah. of a dyna- dynamic quarterback running back duo so uh, Patterson will certainly be drafted in a, a viable starter uh, low tier RB2 I would think because yeah. I'm not too concerned with Mike Davis
2: well no not a, not even
3: the slightest is
2: uh, it'll be fascinating to see how much they let Mariota run in mm-hmm. this offense Arthur Blank doesn't have a history of doing that at all but that you know but we now know this is a different NFL that when it comes to rushing quarterbacks and team's willingness to go expose their, their quarterback with designed runs is much higher now than it ever has been. And Mariota might be more of a dual threat than he ever was before. And that could ultimately eat into Cordell Patterson's utility.
3: Yeah. And, uh, briefly mentioned Mike Davis. We're not going to go no. too deep into him. They, uh, the Falcons did also sign Damian Williams or from Kansas city, but not,
2: I think Williams will be the backup.
3: I do too. Not but I, I also Davis. think Atlanta does draft an impact rookie running back as well. I know they like, um, Samir white, a lot. He's had some visits. Uh, he's a Georgia mm-hmm. Georgia guy, so mm-hmm. I do think they'll spend some uh, draft capital on an impact rookie running back. But for now, uh, Patterson's the guy, and uh, that's it for the Atlanta Falcons.
2: All right, let's go over to the New Orleans Saints. New head coach Dennis Allen, familiar face. Pete Carmichael remains the offensive coordinator a position he's held for 13 years, so not expecting a massive amount of schematic change to the Saints this year. Let's talk about the starting quarterback, Jameis Winston as a consolation prize starter, really for the saints. It's all he is. He returns after the ACL surgery. Fortunately, he was not a guy who relied on his legs. Anyway, in the six full games he played last year, he scored touchdowns in all six, but in reality, he had two monster games mm-hmm. and four lackluster games. Brian, he had that game one against the Packers. Yeah. where they, they destroyed the like Packers five
3: touchdown passes, Yeah, I five think.
2: touchdown passes in that game. And I think four were in the first half, if I recall as well. Um, and, I think if there's one thing to know about Winston's first season with the saints is that he only threw three interceptions and I had figured it was because the saints had asked him to play more conservatively and do more dink and dunk stuff. But then I looked up the stats and it wasn't, it was not the, it was not actually accurate. Uh, Next gen stats have his average intended air yards was the fourth longest in the NFL through Mm -hmm. those six starts. So he was still something of the, the downfield passer that we had seen with Tampa Bay. Um, and so maybe that's a sign that Winston's, you know, matured a little bit, um, might have had a, a much better overall season. Had it not gotten cut short through six games, maybe he would have, you know, stabilized that position, got a little more comfortable with the saints offense. Things could have gone better this year. He needs to overcome the ACL to some degree anyway, as well,
3: and also overcome
2: Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. Yeah. <laughs> it's very possible Dalton finds his way into the field at some point. Yeah, You know, you know Winston's not good enough or gets hurt or whatever. Winston's going to be a low tier. He'll, he'll be, I don't think he'll get drafted in most leagues or might oh. be your second or third yeah. quarterback. Yeah. And that's going to be about it. Michael Thomas is a fascinating player who I'm already seeing some people mock as high as the third round. I'm seeing him go as late as the 5th, 6th, 7th round and I can't blame anybody who's just like I'm not participating in Michael Thomas anymore. But as a reminder, he was the NFL's offensive player of the year in 2019. Yeah. Then he played hurt for 7 lackluster games in 2020. We were we were arguing last year.
3: he was he was the first overall pick in 2020. Yeah, in right. Fantasy. Because he was he so safe. So, yeah.
2: Safest player. Right. And, uh, but then the, then the ankle injury started and it's just been nothing but trouble for him since then, him and the team with all the bad blood and everything's been bad. I'm surprised he's back with the team, but it appears he's going to play. Um, I worry about two straight years of ankle problems, Brian, on a player who is already on the slower side. Can he still separate? For Michael Thomas. And that's that's my concern. And he in even going into last year, we talked about him as a bad fit for Jameis Winston's YOLO downfield passing. That's never been Michael Thomas's game. No. Nope. He was always about quick. moving chains eight yards at a time, yeah, ten quick yards slants. at a time, yeah, quick slants, the big body, um, and Drew Brees throwing the precision passes to him. Man, I I don't know that this is a good fit for him, and I'm nervous about Michael Thomas. I'm with you. The only other receiver I want to mention is Traquan Smith, who re-signed with the team, although it's unclear why the team would want him, aside from his once-a-month long bomb reception that he had.
3: I thought he was going to end up in in Atlanta. I thought that would have been a great signing. That would have been a better
2: fit. mm -hmm. I I agree. Uh, Taysom Hill is now a tight end, and he's probably your leading tight end for the Saints. They've got Adam Troutman coming off uh, a lost season with uh, on IR. Um, I don't know. Maybe he's... Maybe he can play the position. I don't think he can. I mean, he can't block. I mean, at the end of the day, Taysom Hill can't be a blocker. No. So I don't know how much of a tight end. He'd be a stand-up slot tight end is all he could be. Um, I'm done with Taysom Hill. I'm done with every part of Taysom Hill. Passer, runner, catcher. I want no part of him, and I'll never draft
3: him. He's already causing headaches for, you know, contest operators who had him as a quarterback, and some people were throwing darts thinking yeah. he could still be the quarterback, and then now he's a tight, he's end, a tight end. end. And then I have to right. make that change already, and some people are pissed yeah. off. And yeah, yeah. He's been a— pain in the A for quite some time.
2: Let's wrap up the Saints by talking about the running back position. Alvin Kamara had a massive uptick in carries and touches last year, but he actually went down in rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, receptions, and receiving yards, even with all the extra work and all the attention. And it's because they went from Drew Brees to Trevor Simeon and Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. And so he wasn't getting quality targets in the passing game. Teams are stacking the run to stop Camara Because if you stop Kamara, you stop the Saints. That's probably the same situation this year, unfortunately.
3: Now, speaking of off-the-field matters, what is your... Go tell, he's got to miss some time. Due to suspension, wouldn't you think? There's I know we threat. can't dive, dive too deep into it because yeah, we do not know. our anything. But, but yeah, there's I, concern. I mean, you see him getting drafted. He's was before the Pro Bowl, the Pro Bowl incident. He was a right. late first, early second, even mid first kind of guy. But now I've seen him falling into the third round because just of the concern that he misses time due to suspension, which so. could
2: absolutely happen.
3: Yeah. I it would not be
2: surprised. I mean, he 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 beat the daylights out of, out of some guy mm-hmm. and that's you know that could cost him 2 3 games i would not be surprised uh mark ingram's still there he's still under contract for the season had a modest role with the saints last year he averaged 10 touches per game 42 yards per game but only 3.8 yards per carry and frankly didn't look very effective and the offensive line is worse not worse now uh with armstead gone so this is a this is, uh, I think, Mark in- Mark Ingram is at best just a handcuffed player
3: for the Saints. Saints might be the, as of right now, like the grossest fantasy team in all of football. I think Kamara saves that, but it's but, not if, far he's, off. but if he's the, but just the concern that he misses time, baking Maybe. that, and yeah. mm-hmm. we'll take a break. When
2: we come back, we'll talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady's back. Had we done the Buccaneers a month ago when we were breaking down some of the other teams, Brian? I mean, we have been talking about, we don't know the quarterback's <laughs> going to be, all kinds of problems, but now, like, the whole gang's back. So we'll talk about that and the Carolina Panthers. You want to talk about another team in competition Collect. for worst fantasy offense, it'll, it'll be that one. Stay tuned. Back in moments.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul. some 41, 30 seconds from Mars. Oh, and two-door cinema club.
2: Segment number two, Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchian, Brian Johnson with you. GuillotineLeagues.com. Guillotine Leagues will go live sometime in May. I don't have an exact date for you. we still got... That's an exciting new project we're working on with guillotine Ooh. leagues. Got to work that through the system and not quite positive here in very early April when the exact date yet, but the month of May is a safe assumption. Let's talk about Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What are the, what are the things people need to know from last season and looking forward to this season? And where do you want to start Tom well, Brady? I assume. Well, we
3: alluded it alluded to it in the intro. We, we should talk about the head coaching change real quick. Yeah. The, the, the Todd bowels, bulls. the bowels movement yeah. movement, uh, He's more of a defensive guy, defensive-minded mm-hmm. coach. Bruce Arians, obviously the offensive, offensive yeah. guy. Uh, there's been rumblings, you know, that, that the Bucks are going to run more now that uh, Bowles is the new head coach. But uh, we'll get to Leo Fournette in a second. got to start with Tom Brady, who, as of this recording, he has not retired
2: un un retired uh, re
3: retired yeah re retired uh, yeah re retired re retired yeah. uh but so you know, he will be the starting quarterback as far as as far as we know uh Brady had 5300 plus passing yards and 43 touchdowns last year both led the league he also added two of those dirty goal line touchdowns uh, on the ground which he always finds a way to do um so i mean right now he's right back into top 10 quarterback range in terms of uh, where he's getting drafted. And you'll see him go as early as as top five. And I don't see that changing uh, as we progress into the spring and summer and later summer months. Uh, mm-hmm. Tampa did lose guard Ali Marpet to retirement. Uh, he Who says he will stay retired even after yeah. Brady announced his return. But I'm sure um, the Bucs will address the O-line in the draft. So Tom Brady, what can you say? He's Tom Brady. I mean, he, there's a chance he just... Totally falls off a cliff. Maybe you think this might be the year. I don't know.
2: I'm I'm not going to. I I remember people downgrading Tom Brady's, you know, six, seven years ago saying, yeah, including me, I, you know, there was a stretch when I thought he
3: was done. I'm not going to be the Um, one to do it. Uh, Especially when you look at the weapons he has, starting with Mike Evans, uh, second in touchdowns among wide receivers last season with 14, Mm -hmm. also topped a thousand yards for the eighth straight season, which is all of his seasons as a professional football player. Pretty, pretty impressive. He turns 29 in August, so it might be a good time to sell him in dynasty, especially with Brady yeah, probably right. playing his last right. year. But I have no concerns for uh, Evans yeah. in redraft or best ball. Currently getting drafted as wide receiver 13, but that ADP has been surging. Oh, I'm sure it has the, the with Brady, Brady coming back. You so, can make
2: a case for end of first round for Mike Evans <clears> just based on every year you're, you're looking at. A lot of touchdowns, the you know the thousand yards. He's been you know by and large really really safe fantasy producer.
3: You got to put up with a lot of questionable designations
2: going into Sunday.
3: That's true. But dude usually plays. And and for those who play in non PPR, you can make the case that Mike Evans is the wide receiver one just based on the touchdowns. Good. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, to uh, his running mate Chris Godwin, who despite missing the last three games of the regular season was top ten in catches among wide receivers. Wide receivers with ninety-eight also finished as one of four wide receivers with over eleven hundred yards. He was well on his way to a top ten uh, season before the injury. The only concern really is he's going to be ready to start the season, he's, or even if he's he ready, ready to start. You not, don't I don't think th- so. Nope. I yeah. don't think
2: so. And not and not perform at a high level. Slot receivers, especially. You've got you know the big route tree. You've got the hard cuts through the middle of the field on the slant pattern stuff. Like, I just man, I I'm really really nervous about. Players coming off of December ACLs. You weren't on the podcast last week, but we talked about it last week. December ACL guys are not people I'd like to put a lot of draft equity into.
3: Yeah, uh, he's certainly coming at a discount right now. He's kind of around wide receiver 24, and he'll probably kind of stay that way uh, as the summer mm-hmm. progresses. But, I mean, if if you're willing to wait on him a month or two, it could pay off big time, and you could have that. I'm not willing to wait. You're Just, not willing you, know, to wait? I, you
2: know, fundamentally, <laughs> and you and I have talked about this many times over the years.
3: I want to start
2: my first month of games three and one, four and zero. I want to have. I want to sort of like own the playing field. Mm -hmm. At three and one and four and zero, you've got trade equity on your team. You can start thinking long term already. You've got. You know. You have so many. You have so many advantages over people who start zero and four and one and three and are desperate. Yeah. And have to you. You've got to make you've got to make short term moves at that point, especially in guillotine leagues. <laughs> you don't want to touch it, Godwin. Right. In God, your, uh,
3: so much danger. danger. Maybe in like round ten, I would think about yeah, it. Right, stash right. him away. But yeah. um, and that's in an eighteen team draft too. But uh, the wide receiver who's been drawing a ton of attention now, newly acquired Russell Gage from mm-hmm. the aforementioned Atlanta Falcons, essentially a kill shot to Tyler Johnson's it prospects. Is. <laughs> not that I Who Brady like just Tyler. hates; he He <laughs> hates Tyler Johnson. He really does. Uh, last year for Gage, overall not a great season with the Falcons, but he did finish strong down the stretch with a touchdown or 100 yards in four of his last seven games. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to rag on Matt Ryan too much, but this is certainly an upgraded quarterback and just overall offense. Ah, uh, so I'm excited to see what Russell Gage can do here, and you gotta love the two guaranteed revenge games against Atlanta well, this that. season as well. Yeah, I know so, you love it. Uh, Gage, a guy who is going like last rounds in 20 round best ball drafts, now he's jumped up into like the 13th, 12th, 13th which round, which makes range.
2: sense, right? I mean, to some degree, there's always that guy that if you just you you just have to start in a bye week or an injury situation where you're like, just give me five catches yeah. for 60 yards, and yeah. I you know. I'll, I'll be happy, and Russell gage will be there, yeah, and guy. assuming
3: Godwin is not ready to start the season, I mean you're just looking at Russell gage as uh, pretty much Antonio Brown. he's not quite the the player Antonio yeah. Brown was at his peak or even and I also last worry year, that Gage
2: runs so much from the slot, and obviously that's where Godwin runs, and that is that gonna is it are they gonna kick Gage outside and ask him to run more outside? that worries me a little bit
3: too um are you worried that Gronk has not signed the yeah. bucks yet yeah he's he just, will
2: yeah. You know what he's. I, I, you know, if you're Gronk, what's the rush? Right, right. I wouldn't be surprised if Gronk, if Gronk doesn't show up till the middle of preseason. He's, you know, so he doesn't mm-hmm. have to go through training <laughs> camp. Technically, anything that he does right now, let's just say hypothetically, he goes out and uh, does something. You know, I don't want to say something criminal, okay? But let's say um, he's photographed. Legally in the state of Nevada with twenty-eight prostitutes, as he's not an NFL player right now, he's not under contract, Good right? Point. I mean, these are all things that you know don't necessarily affect him and his standing with the Shield. So he can kind of do what he wants right now.
3: I would take that- the over on the twenty-eight prostitutes <laughs> by the way, for-, <laughs> for Gronk in Vegas, uh, but uh, finished as tight end seven in PPR uh, last season despite playing just twelve games. He does turn thirty-three in May, but. I think there's enough gas in the tank for one last run with his boy, Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. So 99 going off a good season. Yeah. He, yeah. He doesn't miss time due to injury. If he didn't, yeah. he could have, he could have finished
0: t- top, hit top, top three, three. Yeah. maybe even
3: top tight end one. I know Andrew's had a monster year, but Gronk very well could have as well. And uh, the last guy we'll talk about is Leonard Fournette. Um, surging Leonard surging Fournette. Surging Leonard Fournette. When, when Ronald Jones got,
2: uh, got, you know, they didn't, re- when they didn't resign Ronald Jones now with the chiefs,
3: Suddenly people are talking about Leonard Fournette in the first round. Well, it was quite the timeline because at first Brady wasn't coming back and Fournette was going to go somewhere else. Yeah, Everyone was assuming. And he was going like RB25, RB30. Brady resigns. Everyone gets a little more excited. He bumps up. And now Ronald Jones is gone. Fournette, now his his ADP is RB17. But I've seen him go second round some drafts, some still the fourth. This is a guy who I think will be going first round by July, August. Late first, early second. Maybe. Finished as RB5 in PPR last year. Played mm -hmm. only 14 games. A true bell cow when he's healthy. Yeah. Only four running backs saw 75-plus targets in 2021. Najee Harris, Austin Eckler, DeAndre Swift, and Leonard Fournette. I mean, we're looking at three down work. I'm not too worried about um, Sean Vaughn. No, not at all. Maybe Tampa Bay drafts a running back, but they're not going to be drafting Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker. that's probably true.
2: That's probably true. They, might, they should be drafting quarterback unless Kyle Trask is a lot better than we know. They should be trying to figure out that quarterback position for the future because they had a brief, frightening look at a life with no quarterback and
3: no team wants to be there. Maybe not first round. I mean, some people will take him. I won't. But, I mean, he's going to move from RB17 to at least inside oh, yeah. the top 12 running backs. Oh, at this probably point.
2: Top, well, top 10, top 8 for, for Fournette in yeah. PPR for sure.
3: That's it for Tampa,
2: Carolina Panthers. Now don't just turn off the podcast. <laughs> I was hey, there's to be a like couple of exciting players on the Panthers. One of them going in the first round, Christian McCaffrey being mocked, not mocked, because he's going average draft position right now. It's late first. Uh, he was a guillotine league assassin the last two years, mm-hmm. putting thousands of heads on the chopping block. Two years ago in the three games that he played in, he was great. And then last year, do you remember how many games he played last year? Six. Nice job. It was seven. seven. I, I thought it was less. In my mind, it felt like it was another three, four-game season, but he played in seven. The problem was he simply didn't score, oh. and his yardage numbers are way down. Uh, not way down. They were down. Uh, next-gen stats, get this. Next-gen stats had Christian McCaffrey with negative rushing yards over expectation. Not good. No. What did we ever say that about him? It was, a, it was a very down season for him. And it, it wasn't all because he was playing injured. Troublingly, he only had the one rushing touchdown and the one receiving touchdown in the seven games. Currently seeing the late first round ADP. Are you buying on the dip here for Christian McCaffrey, the player who's been back-to-back seasons? He was the number one player taken.
3: Yeah, we uh, kind of poo-pooed McCaffrey a month or two ago saying we did a way too early round one. Yeah, uh, we didn't put him and in it. We didn't put him in yeah. it. And... Uh, I put him back inside that, but it, really just in best ball, I have bought in. You, he's going right after Taylor when it, when it comes to running backs, Jonathan Taylor. But best ball is different. You're just yeah, pie in the sky. You got a right. bunch of – you don't have to – in standard leagues, ugh, I, I, I won't go out of my way, but if he falls far enough into the late first round in a non-super flex league, I, I might take a stab and just hope he, he stays healthy because I don't want to mow your lawn – you could get a nice handcuff in what appears to be Dante Foreman now later, and that would be a must draft for me if I if I yeah. took the risk on. McCaffrey. And, and
2: you know what? I don't love that I got a, that I'm gonna when I draft Christian McCaffrey or any injury-prone running back in the first round that he also costs me an eighth-round
3: pick no, or ninth. You round want pick. the guy that's going to be there? there. I,
2: yeah, I I I don't like that. And the other problem I've got with McCaffrey is just the rest of this offense is so bad. There's going to be games where they just don't score points. And I think McCaffrey is potentially sitting on another tricky touchdown season. They will, should likely spend most of their draft capital on offense and hopefully offensive line, which would be a big help. But as it stands today, pre-draft Christian McCaffrey, for me, I'm not drafting in the first round. Let's go to the quarterback position. Sam Darnold, current, your current starting quarterback, although most expect to have some competition with a day one or day two pick in the Mm -hmm. draft. Many people think, uh, Panthers hold, I believe, pick six of the NFL draft. Sounds and many people right. believe that they will take a quarterback with that selection. Um, and I would not be surprised if that's that's the case. You may, I don't want to blame any listener who has forgotten Sam Darnold's season. He started eight games, then he went on IR. And then he came back, but was in a timeshare with Cam Newton. What you probably don't
3: remember. And f- PJ Walker.
2: And too. PJ Walker, who's still there. Um, Cam Newton's a free agent. Through the first four games of the season, Sam Donald was fan first month of the season month fantasy quarterback three. Yeah, it was all
3: rushing though, wasn't it? Was. It? it was. It was. <laughs> I rushing. recall correctly. Yeah. Correct.
2: He had five rushing touchdowns in the first four games. <laughs> yeah, that's sustainable. But he also had three three hundred yard passing games. No, he looked like a, a you know a gold did. mine at, the, at time. the time. I remember at that after that first month. Going, you know what? The Jets screwed this up. Mm-hmm. The Jets could have kept Sam Sam Darnold, and you know they it, they they may have made a mistake here. But as it turned out, Darnold ultimately looked pretty darn wobbly, and you know he's basically gotten a vote from no confidence for the Panthers, who chased other free agent quarterbacks, weren't able to land one. Um, his receiving options, DJ Moore, inexplicably decided to re-sign a new long-term contract with the team. Why all about the Benjamins? It's the only reason, only possible reason. Uh, he said three straight years with almost twelve hundred yards. But he, but DJ Moore's always got the same problem. Brian, four touchdowns, four touchdowns, and four touchdowns. That's that's his three seasons. Three of his four touchdowns last year came in the first four games of the year when Sam Darnold was having these three hundred yard games. DJ Moore got paid early. And then after the first month of the season, he scored one more time, and that's an ongoing problem for him. Um, and you can't figure the prospects look any better for DJ Moore this year because it's either Sam Darnold throwing him the ball, or they're bringing in a rookie who's got to learn on the job. Mm-hmm. So I can't get I can't muster a lot of enthusiasm for DJ Moore, a very good receiver in a pretty bad
3: spot. Use all those talking points in your dynasty league to try and acquire him though, because he's still incredibly young. I think he's under 25 years old mm. and things if, can only if go if, up. Yeah, comes- right.
2: The quarterback position can only get better one way. He's or got,
3: he's got all the tools, but just
2: not, you're going to have to wait. Yeah. Robbie Anderson had a really borderline disastrous season. Yeah. To me, he's the worst kind of fantasy gamble. If you didn't peg one of his five out of 17 games in which he scored a touchdown, here were the other 12 games. He averaged two catches for 23 yards. And no touchdowns, because I'm only talking about the games he didn't score in. These non-scoring games, two catches, 23 yards, and that's how you lose your week, which would have happened 12 times. Um, get this, against the Vikings, he, he managed an 11-target game for 11 yards. That's impressive.
3: Think about how hard it is to do that. Borderline impossible.
2: Borderline impossible. But he made it. Uh, Robbie Anderson. He another, found a way. Another guy, not my, not the kind of guy I like. No. Terrence Marshall maybe gets better in year two. They brought in Rashard Higgins, Brandon Zylster returns as well, but this offense does not have the firepower to support third receivers. Terrence Marshall was a game day inactive. He was so far from being relevant last year. We'll, uh, we'll see if
3: he's able to crack the starting lineup on a, on a recurring basis here, hopefully better in year two. What, what they got going for him in Carolina from a fantasy perspective is lots of garbage time, baby. They'll be, They'll be playing from behind. They had that last, had that
2: last year a lot, too, that's although true. their defense was good enough to keep them in a lot of games.
3: Yeah, the, the defense but wasn't bad. They kind of was fell off good. towards the end yeah. of the year, but yeah. they were carrying early. the team.
2: Uh, no tight end on Carolina worth mentioning.
3: Yeah. I mean, Unless you
2: think Tommy Tremble I mean, is going to break out in year two. I bet you should have kept Dan Arnold. They should have kept Dan Arnold. Who would ever give up on Dan? Oh, wait. That's every team he's ever oh, been on. Oh, stop it. Given up on Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold. And the Jaguars brought in another
3: tight end. Who'd they bring in? Evan Ingram. Yeah, Evan Ingram. Stupid. Why would they do that? You know where Dan Arnold could end up? Mm. The Minnesota Vikings. What makes you say that? I don't know. Don't they need a backup Irv, tight end? Well, they need
2: a backup, but he's no yeah. backup. I mean, he should be a starter. Well, Irv, they, they, th- th- they think Irv Smith's going to be good.
3: Yeah, I do too. I mean, but you got to have a, a backup. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I know Well,
2: Jaguars Carolina are can't cut
3: him. They owe him $3.5 They trade him. Or if they cut them, they. I think they're going to end up trading them. we now we're hopping back It's the AFC South. We'll talk about Dan Arnold a whole lot more. Yeah, we'll oh, can't <laughs> wait.
2: That'll be. I think we're doing that team next week, or that division next week, AFC South. I right. think we haven't yeah, done I, AFC South, have we? I
3: don't. We'll have to go back and check. Yeah, There's been so, so much free agent free agency know, action. anymore. Uh, thank
2: you for listening and making it all the way to the end of this podcast through the Carolina segment. Very impressive dedication. In fact, if you made it this far to the end of this podcast, tweet at me or Brian at BTXJ. I'm at Paul Jarjian. Hashtag chocolate chip cookies, because I'm looking at, <laughs> I'm looking at chocolate chip cookies that they we get good. to attack at the moment this is over. Thank you for my, my wife, Roxy, on that.
3: Yeah, let's end this now. So the, we can have some.
2: Deal. We'll talk to you next week, everybody.